Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of JavaScript Jabber. This one's going to be a little bit low-key. It's Steve Edwards and I. Steve, do you want to say hello? Hello, this is also the podcast known as Two White Bald Guys for those who can't see us. But uh, just imagine that and it'll enhance your listening pleasure. I haven't shaved. I have hair on my chin, my cheeks. Well, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I still got some too, but the top is smooth, at least for now. Yeah. Anyway, we're just going to jump in. We're going to talk a little bit about what we got going on, some of the new stuff coming out, stuff like that. Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately, I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast, and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But... What I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I, I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. Steve, what's what's new with you? Not a lot. Working along, going through the, as we were talking about earlier, going through the joys of trying to hire people. And it's oh, uh, fun. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I got one guy that just started yesterday as of this recording, getting him up and going, which is cool. Still trying to hug. Hire a couple more. So uh, if you are interested in working on Laravel and Vue on a really big, complex app, then uh, is looking for you for sure. Cool. Sounds good. And yeah, so you've got a course coming out too, if I remember right, on uh, View School or... View Mastery. Yeah, shameless plug here. We can save this to the end maybe. But uh, yeah, I have a course that's in the process of coming out on a weekly basis from View View Mastery called Next 3 Essentials. Uh, And it's just a real basic, get your feet wet with Next 3 using composition API, set up functions and stuff to query an external API and display some data. Really pretty basic. But like I said, designed for their new user, new Next user, new developer to get their feet wet. So yeah, it's coming out. And the added bonus is at the end of every episode, we have cringeworthy dad jokes with Steve. So that's uh, always the highlight. So it's definitely something to look for. Boom. I don't think I've seen dad jokes in courses, at least not on purpose. I know. I'm groundbreaking. Can you believe it? I know, right? First of your kind. (laughs) Very cool. Well, I've been working my butt off on uh, Top End Devs. I did take a week off because we went to a family reunion out in Illinois. But yeah, I've been working my tail off trying to get this stuff together. And we've got all kinds of things coming out. So we're putting together conferences through the end of the year. The ones that we have currently scheduled at the end of September, we're doing a Rails remote conference. And then the JavaScript remote conference is going to be in October. And people seem to really enjoy them. So I stretched it out. I've done two days. I think I've done three days a couple times. This this one's going to be five days. And the last day is going to have workshops. So anyway, if you're if you're looking for a JavaScript conference you can go to without actually going anywhere, that's what we're putting on. And it's going to be single track, four days. We'll have all of the hosts here. And yeah, just putting all that stuff together, making sure I understand how to use AirMeet so that we have the uh, hallway track going at the same time, getting some sponsors on board. And anyway, it's been awesome. 
And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. The one in November is going to be Angular. And then the one in December is going to be top end devs, which is basically how to level up, how to get a better job, how to, you know, maybe go freelance, just stuff like that. The stuff that's going to put you, push you forward in your career. There's going to be some stuff on content creation. There's going to be stuff on learning how to be a leader. There's going to all kinds of stuff, but it's, it's focused on that becoming the top 1% in your area. So. Yeah, I've been working my tail off there. I also just got the... So I'll kind of tell a little bit of this long story. So as I've done podcasting over the last, what, 14 years, we started out on WordPress. Steve, do you love WordPress? I love... No, I hate WordPress. I have honestly dealt very little with WordPress itself. I've had to jump in and help fix a couple things here and there or set up a WordPress site. But Mm -hmm. my experience was all in Drupal. So can't say I have a lot of experience with WordPress. So my experience with WordPress is, is if you're doing what it expects you to do, then it's not a battle. And so initially, and I've, I've switched off and on WordPress like three times. And at first it's great, right? Because it's like, oh, there's this thing and I can just plug it in and it just works. But then it gets complicated because we have multiple shows or because we have some other thing, right? And so I'll do some custom code and then I have to maintain the custom code and then I have to jump through hoops to make the custom code work with the plugins I installed. And anyway, it just, it winds up turning into this nightmare. And I've been through it enough times where I was just like, forget it. If I'm going to maintain the code, I'm going to maintain a code base that I know I can maintain. And so I've been building it in Rails. And so, yeah, so it's been kind of fun to, pull some of this stuff together and make it work. But I remember when you were asking for people to help you with that a few years ago. Is this so you're still working on that same system that's been working on for two, three years? Yeah. Um I finally got serious about it. And so we moved all the shows off of WordPress and onto Fireside.fm, but uh, a couple of issues came up with them. The big one, there were a couple of them, but one of them was that they wanted to charge me an extra couple hundred dollars for the bandwidth we were using. And I had looked at some other systems that did a whole lot more for me for what I wanted to do. And I don't think people realize, but every month we transmit like four terabytes or something of data. And so, you know, just our, our audio files. And so they wanted to charge me like a thousand bucks a month to host all of our shows to cover the bandwidth. Fireside was cheaper than them, but I kept finding myself, okay, I want to make this kind of thing happen. I want to add this kind of a feature on. And the issue was that if you're on a, on a system that hosts your website and you don't have direct access to the code, then you're basically at the mercy of whatever they give you to put stuff in. And so I, you know, I was looking at third-party systems like I used it for a while and then I just gave up on it because it was a pain to I mean, you know, it works and you can plug it into like a WordPress site or one of these sites and then you get the pop-ups or the, you know, you have a bar across the top that tells people the conference is coming up and stuff like that. But, oh my gosh, it's it's just another system to use. And so I finally got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm limited in what I can do on the podcast end. I know I want to create content, more content, premium content, and they want to raise the price on me. so. That's when I got serious, right? That's when I really buckled down and was like, all right, let's let's hit this hard. Let's get this together so that the podcasts can run. So now all the podcasts run on code that I wrote, which is, you know, both a little frightening and at the same time kind of encouraging, especially since I was gone for a week and I didn't have to touch it. So anyway, so it's all written on a Rails code base, but like transferring the RSS feeds was not 
as smooth as I wanted it to be. Picking up some of the other stuff hasn't been as smooth as I wanted it to be. We redirected all of the stuff off of WordPress to Fireside FM and then had to transfer it all back. And I had moved everything out to their own domains because we have domains for all the shows. Now they just forward back to the show or the episode. But that was the thing that I had to deal with. And so anyway, it's it's been kind of a thing to get all the podcasts together. But now that I have it together, one of the other features that I wanted, and you can get it on transistor.fm and or you can go sign up for a service that just does it. But I wanted to give people premium podcast content, right? And so that that's one of the things that I'm going to be launching here within the next few weeks is premium podcasts. And so some of the podcasts will be, you know, like if you sign up for a top end devs membership, you'll get access to premium feeds for all the shows that we currently do. And so you'll be able to start getting episodes that don't have the sponsorship messages in them. Because I know that some people just, you know, drives them nuts. There's an ad in the show. Another thing that I'm looking at doing, and this is going to be for some of the technologies that I know better, like uh, Ruby, Rails, JavaScript, I'll probably pick up some of the others and do something with it. And then I'll probably be talking to hosts about them maybe doing some premium podcast content and getting paid for it. But what I want to do is I want to do like a JavaScript fundamentals podcast, right? And so if you if you pick up the free feed, right, then you'll get one episode a week. And if you pick up the premium feed, you'll get two, stuff like that. And then I also want to put together the top end devs podcast and just start, start, talk, start talking to people about how they can get where they want to go. Right. And so there'll probably be some freemium set up on that, too. And then maybe some podcasts that you can only get if you have a membership or if you're paying for a subscription for them. And so, yeah, just getting all that in there, that that's that's kind of the next stage. And the other next stage is the courses. Right. I've got things clicking along with the conferences. If you want to speak at any of the conferences, the CFPs are open on all of them. But, yeah, just get that clicking along. And then I want to start making sure that we have a process for consistently lining up the best guests for each show. And so I'm working on something there, but that's not ready to be announced. But my my vision is just based on top end devs is I feel like if you're learning something new every day, if you're committing code every day outside of work, if you're meeting people and putting content out and sitting down and making a plan for where you want to end up and then making it to community events like meetups and conferences, then you'll become that top 1% developer. And so I want to provide people with the means of doing all those things so that they can get there. And so that that's essentially the grand vision is to be providing enough content to where you can come learn something from us every every day, right? Give you ideas of what you can commit to code every day, give you the opportunities to come out to the meetups and the conferences and join a community and get to know people. And so, so all of those things are things that I'm pulling together for this. And that, that's kind of the big direction that we're heading. So when you're talking about the top 1% of developers, is that different than the 10X developer? The, <laughs> Don't so, get me started. Don't get me started. Oh, man. Well, so the thing is, is like the, the problem, the problem I have with the 10X developer is that there are things that people are picking up now that they're, they're going to be 10 times as good as I am at. Right. And then there are things that I can pick up that I'm going to be 10 times as good as them at. And so uh, the whole idea of the 10x developer, it bothers me a little bit just because everybody takes time to learn different things. And so 
in aggregate for that particular company and their set of problems. Am I a 10x developer over somebody else? Yeah, probably. But for another company, you know, in the same space, even like if they're doing, you know, a rail stack that I understand and stuff like that, somebody else may be a 10x developer over what I can do, right? And so that that's the issue that I have with the terminology. And the other thing is, is it, it feels like it's, it's me pitting myself against somebody else where the top 1% developer for me is more along the lines of I have honed my craft and I, you know, I've, I've built my network to the point where if you pick me out of, you know, tw- uh, you know, a hundred other devs, odds are that I've, I've played with, dabbled with, or gained expertise in, maybe deep expertise in whatever's out there. And so I would be a solid choice both for the knowledge that I've built and for the habits that I have and the people I know so that I can be the most effective person you can hire. But then it's not down to, I'm a better coder than you. It's, I have built up the skills, resources, and network to be able to deliver, you know, in, in a way that matters. And so that's the deal, right? So what am, what am I pitting myself against? Well, I'm pitting myself against myself yesterday, right? Or, or a year ago and just making those incremental changes. And the other thing is, is that the challenge then isn't, am I better than Steve at JavaScript? The challenge is, have I made enough incremental progress to move the needle? Because I don't know if you've read Atomic Habits by James Clear, but he he talks about the idea that if you make 1% progress, if you do 1% better every day, after a full year, you're 37 times better than you were when you started. And so the the idea for me is, is have I been consistent in my learning and growth to to be 37 times better? And if I'm moving the needle for myself 37 times and somebody else is only moving the needle for themselves 10 times, then eventually I will be that top 1% developer because I'm doing more than 99% of everybody else. But it's then not me trying to prove that I'm 10% more or 10 times more effective than somebody else. It really is just down to I'm doing the things that keep me in that top bracket because that's just what top 1% elite developers do. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can see that. I guess the one question I always have is how you measure all that. How do you measure if somebody's one times better or 10 times better or any times better? You know, that's, yeah, I was talking about, you know, smart goals and the M and smart is measurable. So how do you make something like that a measurable quantity? And, And that's, that's effectively what it's down to, right? Is the measurement isn't I'm 37 times better because I can measure it. The yardstick is, is I have been consistent for 365 days. And so in aggregate, I've likely made 37 times progress, but the yardstick is, the consistency, the consistent learning, the consistent growth, the, you know, building my network. Because at the end of the day, I mean, I know a few people, I guess, that eat, breathe, sleep code, but I'm not one of those people, right? I mean, you know, I have five kids. I, I've i got other stuff that I'm doing. I, you know, I ran for school board, for example, you know, all this other stuff that goes into the the pie of who I am and what I do. And so I want to be excellent at work, but I want to be excellent at work and excellent at the other things that I'm doing so that at the end of the day, I can achieve what I want to achieve, right? And so I want to be a top 1% podcaster, right? I want to be a top 1% dad. And so if I'm making these consistent deposits in those areas, along with being a top 1% developer, 
then I can go have the career that I need to in order to support what I want to get done. And then I can go and excel in these other areas too. I see. Said the blind man, one of my favorite phrases. Uh Mm -hmm. Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance, I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, Go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. So, so yeah, so effectively then it's, okay, so what can I give you so that you don't have to go and hunt up a new blog post every, every day? Or what can I give you to inspire you to go and work on your side project every day and commit code to it? Or what can I give you to help you level up and understand, oh, I have this option for this thing when I'm building my, you know, Angular React or whatever app. Somebody wants me to cross over to React Native. So, you know, what options do I have to pick up and learn that stuff so that I can be effective in an area that matters to my employer or my boss or my friend or whoever? right? Maybe you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, how do we give you the resources to make the right decisions there? Anyway, it, it's, it's that kind of a thing. Yeah, I've seen other in terms of the premium or membership stuff. I've seen other podcast systems do the same thing as well. I have no idea yeah. how how successful they've been in, in doing something like that. But I guess, you know, as with anything else on the web, content is king. And so if you've got the content, yeah. then that'll draw the people. Yeah. And to a certain degree, I can do some of this myself, and I'm planning on creating copious amounts of, of the content. But I also recognize that there's no way that I can provide this to all the communities I want to provide it to all by myself. And so that's the other piece that I'm trying to pull in is if somebody wants to get into that place where they're writing the book or making the course or doing that weekly uh, video or podcast on the premium basis, that they have an option to do it and get paid for it and maybe offset some of that income that they then don't have to go earn it at a full-time job that they may or may not enjoy. And so it's a big thing for me to help people get fulfillment. And for some people, they're going to get fulfillment because they help build the awesome thing at an awesome place to work. And for other people, that fulfillment comes out of those other places, right? Whether it's mentorship or teaching or being recognized for their expertise. And and I don't see a reason for any of those. Some people, they kind of poo-poo the idea of getting some kind of level of personal fulfillment out of it or doing things for personal reasons or uh, for selfish reasons is the way that they would put it. But for me, it's, hey, look, you know, if you would love doing what you do and you are fulfilled by it, then why shouldn't you find a way to get paid for it, right? Why not just enjoy life to the fullest? And so that's that's another end of this is just, it's like, okay, you know, if you make a video, then you should get a percentage of whatever revenue that video generates, right? If you're producing a premium podcast, you should get a, a cut of the whatever that generates, right? If, if we help you publish a book, then, you know, you should get a generous cut of whatever the book brings in. And so it's, it's those kinds of things that I, I want to put together for people and just really give them 
options as far as, hey, look, you know, I, I want to be a part of this drive to help people be better and do better. And that's going to, my contribution is going to come in this way and I'm going to get some level of compensation back out of it, right? And for some people, it's, yeah, you're on the show, you get well-known, you get invited to speak or you get, you know, all, all of the things that come with that. But yeah, for, for a lot of the other, for the premium stuff, I'd, I'd like people, if we're getting paid at top end devs, I'd like to pass that along. So. I mean, I can vouch for the for the fame portion. I mean, ever since I've been on JavaScript Jabber and Views on View, I can't walk down the street without people right. uh, asking for my autograph and thanking me for dad jokes. And it's it's been crazy. I mean, I, sometimes I just have to go into hiding because of all the fame. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. But seriously, yeah, it's yeah, that's not the way it goes. But <laughs> if I go to a tech conference or something like that, a lot of times people will come up to me knowing who I am mm. um, or, or hear your voice. Hey, I know that voice yeah. or I'll get invited to events. So, for example, in October, I'm going to be at an event put on by JFrog and I'm going to be interviewing all of their speakers. And I've been invited several times to Microsoft events and done podcast interviews there. And so, you know, there are other methods of getting what you want that don't necessarily involve somebody writing you a check but sure yeah you know the other thing i'll point out you were talking about creating courses and and you know content for people you know having just come from working on a course review mastery and i've done other trainings in the past and putting classes Mm -hmm. together and stuff whether it's you know at work or on my own it takes a lot of time It is a lot of work to put together a really good course. You know, there are some people that I've seen that I watch on YouTube, like my buddy Eric Hanchett or Max Schwartzmiller or others, where they're just basically sort of, you know, recording their screen and going along and sort of a live stream mm-hmm. type of thing. And that's probably less intensive. Whereas something like View Mastery, uh, where if you look at their videos, they're very unique, very high quality, very fine tuned and, and easy to follow along with. I can tell you those take a lot of work and a lot of people <laughs> just to put together high quality content like that. So I don't think, uh, you, and maybe you can do speed this check, you're going to get rich. <laughs> you're not going to get a higher hourly rate from your content unless you're really charging a lot of money for it. But right. uh, hopefully those who take courses, you know, you look at the more well-known people, West Boston, Scott Tolinsky from Syntax, for instance, mm-hmm. or other people, they put a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of effort to to making those courses and creating that content. And so it's uh, it's something I did. Having done a course now, I certainly appreciate much more than I did in the past. Yeah. I've seen some people make a bunch of money off courses, but the person that I know that's probably made the most off of courses is John Sonmez. And what he did is he made like a course a week for like a year, year and a half, put them on Pluralsight. Ah, Pluralsight. I remember back in the day. Yeah. Well, they're, they're still around, but... Yeah, it's it's just it's interesting. Right. So he had like 60 or 70 courses. And that's why he was they were paying him piles of money every month was because he was making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year off of his courses. And the reason was, was because he he was so prolific that that he that he could make more than what most of us would want to make for a living is a minimum. And so that's one thing that I've, I've seen kind of come out of a lot of the the places out there, right? You know, that's why people go to an egghead.io or a plural site or view master. You're not going there because they have the one course. You're going there because they have a bunch of courses on a bunch of topics that you know are going to pay off for you. And so 
anyway, I've that's that's where I've seen that work. I've also seen it work on like Udemy. I've like Max Schwartz Schwarzmuller. He's he's got a bunch of courses on Udemy, right? And they're not necessarily developer focused, but they have such a wide marketplace and bring in so many people. And then he's got a bunch of courses on there that I think he makes his living on courses. So, oh yeah, I'm sure he does. Yeah, his courses were. I took some of his View and Next yeah. courses when I first got into View, and that was how I sort of yeah, they're terrific. Really got courses. into it. Yeah, yeah, he always so does a really I, good job. Yeah, and so effectively, what happens is he puts out a terrific course. He has enough of them out there, and then yeah, when somebody comes along and says, "Well, I need to learn React," somebody else who's taken his course will refer them to that course, and then maybe they need to pick up some backend technology too that he's done a course on or learn how to deploy it or, you know, stuff like that. And so, yeah, that's kind of where that comes together. I'm just looking to do it on my own platform since we have a podcast listening audience of 50, 60,000 people across all the shows. So Yeah, it always helps to have a pre-built audience for sure. Yeah, you know, and then again with the conferences, right? It's like, hey, come meet some people, come pick up some new skills from some of the talks, come, you know, interact with some experts who are going to be speaking, ask some questions during their session, right? And then and, and make it a week and level up and then go take what you learned and go practice it. And you know, all, all of this stuff kind of comes together that way. It's like, okay, you know, I picked up the course, worked through the examples. I did the work. I, I've learned the stuff. I'm practicing it now. Right. And so it continues to, to move forward. So, yeah. Anyway, so that's what I'm working on building. And like I said, you know, it's the premium podcast and the courses are the next areas that I'm adding on to top end devs. And then... Yeah, you'll you'll have plenty of content if you want to learn it from me. And if you want to build courses or speak at the conferences or anything else, let me know. Yeah, there's I, I would for somebody who's looking to maybe get out there and make a name for themselves or something like that, having taking advantage of the platform already being there and you just gotta create the content. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a that's a huge boon where you don't have to do yep. it all. You know, you can just focus on what you do best. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And and that's the other thing, right, is nobody wants to build this whole platform, I guess, except me. <laughs> but I tried some of the other ones and they, they, you know, the issue was, was, okay, well, I'm going to have the podcast floating out here, but there's not clear and direct call to action to the course. Or if I want to change it up, I have to go and I have to muddle with all of the stupid other crap and edit the episode down and mess with it instead of just flipping a switch on my back end and saying, promote this other course, you know, on this episode. So yeah, having it all integrated for me was another big part of the deal. Yeah, I think yeah, I remember you had an offer a while ago. Did you I don't know if you ever got anybody to take you up on this. But I remember you had an offer out that hey, if you want to start a podcast, let me know and I'll host it for you and you can just do it. Did you ever get much uh, buy in on that? Anybody that take advantage of that offer? I had a couple of companies do it. The issue was that they weren't very clear on what they wanted to get out of it. And so, and, and if you're going to put the podcast together, like we can cross promote it with the other shows, but you have to promote it to your audience too. And they didn't do a whole lot of that. So one of them picked up a bunch of listeners and one of the other ones didn't. And it was just down to the one sent emails to their list and helped me get higher profile people that were part of their organization on and the other one didn't. And so it's not it's not a slam dunk in the sense that we're just going to do it all for you and you're going to become dev famous. Mm-hmm. It's, hey, look, you know, you're going to have to do some of the work. You're going to have to come up with the content, things like that. But we'll host it and we'll cross promote it. And then, yeah, you can take advantage of our infrastructure as well as our 
our network, right? Because we will help you find guests if we know them. But yeah, it's it's not just a, hey, I'm just going to show up once a week and make crap up and it's just going to all happen. And if you're clear on what you want to get out of it, I mean, I really don't have a problem with somebody coming on and saying, hey, I'm so-and-so, we're going to talk about Java. This They have a Java show. We're going to talk about this aspect of Java. Go check out my course. And then as they're wrapping up saying, hey, you know, thanks for listening to the Java show. Go check out my course. Like that, that's not a problem. That's not a big deal. But you've got to be really clear about what you want. Honestly, I think Wes and Scott on syntax could do better at this, right? Because I know that they want to cover this stuff and they want people to know who they are, but they need to let people know, hey, we talked about this for an hour, but I have a course on this, you know, that you can go pick up. You know, whether it's one of their free ones that gets them on their email list or one of whether it's one of the paid ones where somebody's going to, you know, drop some dollars their way. But anyway. Uh, well, I know they do their way. shameless plugs at the end of the episodes. Hey, check out my courses here or, you know, stuff. Yeah, but that's usually their latest course. Mm-hmm. And yeah, anyway. So not that I'm out to call them out or anything. <laughs> yeah, they seem to be doing all right for themselves. Yeah. But yeah, that that's another thing. So the other things that I'm working on, I am working on podcastplaybook.com, which is the same thing except for podcasters. And so I'm looking at putting on conferences and courses and stuff like that because I wind up recording videos for, especially for Michaela, who's my virtual assistant. I, I record mm-hmm. videos probably once or twice a week for her. Hey, do this. Here's how here's how it works. Hey, do this. Here's how it works. Uh, mm-hmm. I set up this system to work this way. Here's how you use it. Mm-hmm. And so I figure I may as well just record like a full on course for a lot of this stuff. Hey, here's how you set up and run a podcast. One of the one of the things that I'm going to be pushing through to promote the shows here is doing a podcast tour where I'm hoping to get some of the hosts from uh, top end devs onto other shows. And then just uh, I'll be asking, are you interested first? But then if you're interested, then what we do is we say, OK, well, when you're at the end of the show, make sure that you plug the shows that you're on. Right. But it raises their profile. It helps them promote anything they've got going on. And then they can also just say, hey, every week you can check me out at viewsonview.com and just just get people over. And so that, again, helps build their profile because you get podcast listeners coming to listen to your show. And at the same time, anyway, so so that's another thing that I'm, I'm working on putting together. Right. Is is that kind of a thing. And then other growth strategies, you know, social media strategies, stuff like that. As I learn it, then I can record it and share it with Michaela, but I may as well be creating the content for other podcasters as well and saying, hey, this is how we're promoting on social media. Here's how we're promoting on other podcasts. Here's how we're, you know, running our numbers. Here's how we're pricing our sponsorships. Here's how we find sponsors. Because all of this stuff is some of the stuff that I'm doing that I want her to be able to do or to hire somebody to do and some of it's stuff that, you know, she's already doing. But if she got hit by a bus tomorrow, right, it'd be nice to be able to say, hey, look, I put it all together. It's in this course on Podcast Playbook. So, yeah, that could be useful. I know I look for videos all the time. Like I was, you know, recently looking at updating my microphone. And mm-hmm. and so the one I was looking at is a little spendier and it's a little more complex in terms of how you connect it because you got to go through some additional equipment other than just a direct USB. Right. And, and a lot of the videos that I found were podcasters, you know, people mm-hmm. that do podcasts all the times and they had some really great videos on, you know, how to connect everything. And this is a suggested equipment to use. 
yeah and stuff so there's definitely some out there but that's that's definitely useful kind of stuff yeah and i'd love to be doing equipment reviews and things like that right so it's like hey if you're recording on the road i think that'd be something that'd be useful for you and the other hosts on top end depths right or sure hey if you if you bump into the guy who built npm in a bar right here's how you record (laughs) it on your phone or i don't know stuff like that so yeah anyway i've talked way too long about the stuff i've i'm working on but but that's where i'm headed with all this stuff and my goal is honestly i'm going to be cleaning up my office and creating a lot of this content this week so because if anyone can see the video, we may pu- start pu- publishing the videos on YouTube. If you could see this video, I mean, the desk behind me is a complete disaster. Anyway, no, I I was going to say partial disaster, but yeah, it is pretty pretty cluttered there. I was waiting for you to say I've seen worse. Yeah, yeah, I have actually mine sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I tend to get stuff piled on it, and then I'll clear it off and put it all away, and then yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's the desk cleaning cycle. I've been through it. Yep. All right. Well, if there's not anything else you want to talk about. Well, um, real quick, we talked about this, I think, before. You know, I live from a professional and even my side projects live in the Vue.js world. Mm -hmm. And I just noticed here recently that, you know, Vue 3 is is the default version of Vue.js now for their docs and and anything on on the website. And it is a big obtain, excuse me, a big change from view two in terms of basic structure, composition API versus mm-hmm. the options API and so on and big change. And I don't know if it's just because the view three uptake has been slow, but uh, last month in July version 2.7 was released and there's been some incremental updates to it since then. But a lot of the composition API features were backported into view two. Mm. So view three itself has backwards compatibility. Uh, combat spit it out compatibility with version two and that you could still use the options api you could still do a lot of view two stuff in view three but now with the composition has been backported the other way <laughs> and so if you're using 2.7 and above and if you look in the github repo you can see the updates and the details they backport a lot of different things so you can use setup functions and composition api and so on with, with view two mm-hmm. there are some differences in the composition API between two and three, there's some behavioral differences where view three is using proxies, view two is not. And so there's some code changes. But again, in the uh, we can put this in show notes, but in the view two, the change log in GitHub, you can see all the details. So that's interesting. And that has implications for someone like myself at, at GovExec in that we have a, a very huge application that's based on Laravel and view and it's you know it's been around for 10 years and so it's using view 2 and one of the frequent topics has been upgrading to view 3 and we really weren't looking forward to <laughs> trying to do that with having to change to view 3 but with a lot of that backward compatibility now we can stick with view 2 just upgrade to 2.7 you know whatever as of right now the most current version is 2.7.8 and that allows us to start migrating stuff to a Vue 3 composition API as as we're able, and then eventually just fully go to, to Vue 3. So I think that would be very useful. We were excited when we saw that. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I can kind of see maybe some of the adoption is just, hey, we're, we're trying to figure out this other, you know, the, the Vue 3 stuff and, you know, the migration might be a little bit tricky. So yeah, I can see pulling some of this stuff down to Vue 2 so you can do a direct upgrade. 
to view 270, I think is what you said it was. And then I can start adding in composition API stuff and I can start migrating some of my other stuff to to this and making sure that it's ready to go before I pull the trigger and upgrade it. Right. Yeah. And I'm, you know, when it comes to outside of the core stuff, I, I'm not sure how that's going to work out, you know, with any type of core tool upgrade and, and large changes in terms of core functionality, there's always the community around it, you know, your different libraries and, and plugins and, you know, external tools that the community writes to be compatible with the core, then you got to wait for all those to upgrade too. And so I, I suspect that's part of the problem with Vue 3 is, you know, waiting for the community to catch up. I know there's a lot of stuff that has been done for Vue 3. I know the one that we're waiting for that we are dependent upon is Bootstrap View, which is Vue's mm-hmm. you know, wrapper around Bootstrap. And they currently don't have a Vue 3 version. Part of the holdup has been that the main developer is from Ukraine. And so he's, shall we say, had some issues. <laughs> with being able to focus on on development, uh, considering what's going on over there. So that slowed it down. But yeah, that's, I've seen it before with Drupal in large, you know, major version upgrades where you had to wait a while for certain things to be written to handle the new version. So I suspect that's what's going on in Vue 3 as well. But like I said, with this backport into Vue 2, that will make things easier for those who want to need to do a more slow uh, upgrade process. Makes sense. So are you looking forward to playing with it or have you put in any time with it yet? Or I don't know. Yeah, I got to play with. Yeah, it's been out for a few months. I mean, it was in beta going back to last year, I believe. I I forget the timelines, but it's been out and in beta for a while. It takes some getting used to when you're used to the options API for sure. Mm -hmm. And they've done some things to, to streamline the code. The way you can do a setup function just inside a script tag with a setup attribute is, is pretty cool. So as, as I got to play with a little bit as part of the the View Mastery course on Next Three Essentials, which was neat. There's a lot of included stuff. There's some some of it's Next specific and some of it is is View specific. But yeah, it, like I said, it looks neat. It it adds some some great features and stuff. But unfortunately, I haven't had the bandwidth to to delve into too much yet. Hopefully, that will end soon. Cool. Well, hopefully, you'll have some more time to talk about it on Views on View. Yes. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Looking forward to doing that for sure. I, I was had, in terms of Next Three, I've had a couple episodes with Daniel Rowe mm-hmm. from the Next Core team. One of the most awesome people you met. He's he's so cool. Yeah, he's uh, probably one of the most low key people you'll ever talk to, just in terms of his personality and how he talks. But knows the stuff inside out, obviously, and and really good at communicating it. Had some fun interviews with him and and Drew Baker, guy named Drew Baker, who's a big Next user in his agency. So yeah, so hopefully soon we'll get to get to talk some more about Next3 and V3. Cool. All right. Well, anything else? Hey, I was curious to see. I believe you know Douglas Crockford, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you talked to him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, so the big thing he said recently, you know, the splash that I've seen multiple places recently was the best thing we can do to JavaScript today is retire it. I guess it was an interview or a talk he gave. <laughs> have, you, have you seen that? I haven't that? seen that one. I was no. to see your thoughts on it. Yeah, I can put on it. Uh, I saw it on Hacker News, I think, uh, two, three weeks ago, and it sort of made a splash. I've seen it mentioned multiple times, but you should check it out. You know, he's, I think crotchety is maybe a good term. (laughs) 
to describe him, at least the one I've heard him talk about before. But uh, in his basic his basic premise, as I've you know, as one of the original authors I, or worked with Brendan Eich on it, is where it's evolved is so far away from where it should have gone, and he thinks maybe you should you know do a Dino type thing and scrap it and start over. Yeah, I've I've heard a few rumblings about things like that, but I, I don't think it's going anywhere. Oh yeah, it's too <laughs> it's too ingrained in browsers. Certainly wouldn't be a an easy thing to do, but yeah, that's just sort of his opinion. So, yep. Cool. All right. Well, let's, let's go ahead and wrap up. Hey folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas, 2020 without the ads signing up will help us pay for editing and production. And you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. Do, do you have some picks? Right on. Well, like I said, just that conversation with Douglas Crawford, I can throw that in. It's this interesting, you know, an interesting perspective on JavaScript, considering we're talking about JavaScript. And then I'll throw in dad jokes. Got to have dad jokes, right? Yeah. Come on, Chuck. I need I need some enthusiasm here. <laughs> yes, we need dad, dad jokes. jokes. Okay. Woo. <laughs> Woo. Or like, we, like we call them on the View Mastery stuff, cringeworthy. Uh-huh. So I had a friend who had a dog, right? Got a dog. And he named his dog Five Miles so that he, every day he could tell people he walked five miles. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, the other day he ran over five miles. <laughs> so my son is, my oldest son is 19. And, you know, he's trying to figure out what he's going to do for work going forward. And he's talked about it, a few different things. And and uh, he decided he wanted to create a business that, that sells foreign ants. Uh, I, I said, I told him I could support him if he could just give me a good reason. He just said, it's important. Mm. You know, import ant. Get it? Mm-hmm. Sorry. And then finally, a lot of times in after sports competitions like college or professional, you'll see the the athletes will you know throw the ball into the crowd. I think you know whether it's football or whatever. And and so the other day I was I was playing, and after winning this this really tight uh, game, I decided I was going to do the same thing and throw my ball into the crowd. But apparently that's frowned upon in bowling. Mm. All right, now it's my turn. It's your turn. Okay. So I'm going to throw out another board game. I think last time I did the Fantastic Beasts, Perilous, whatever. So I'm going to put another one out. This one, it's an older game. It's a quick game. Uh, It's called Quiddler. And so Board Game Geek rates Quiddler or weights it at 1.43. Effectively, what you wind up doing is you, you have cards with letters and you basically spell out words and so if you can spell out words with all your cards then you get points for having the longest word having the most words you get docked points for any cards you have left in your hand it's pretty simple so anyway uh i'm gonna just shout it out it it was pretty fun i like word games i tend to win word games so that's part of why i guess but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna pick that and then i was doing some stuff with charts and I'm trying to find this charting library I've been using to show like uh, podcast download numbers and stuff. It's Chart.js. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was hard for me to come up with. Anyway, there's so many of them out there, but Chart.js is working great for, for me. But yeah, I have the podcast stats page up. I'm working on pulling together some other stats like location and stuff for the audience and stuff like that. And then I'm also looking at 
adding permissions to the back end of top end dev so that the podcast hosts and folks can see what the numbers are. Since I turned this... Turn.js is pretty cool. You can do some neat stuff with it, yeah. but it's like, we ran into that last year and I had to do, we had to do some fancier stuff. So I had to delve into the world of D3, mm. which is one of those tools that's incredibly powerful, but it's got a credible, you know, in order to use that power, you got to learn how to harness it. And it's right. got a really deep and steep learning curve. And as a result of that, we had somebody from, I'm forgetting the name of the company now that owns it on JavaScript Jabber to talk about it. Uh, mm-hmm. That's cool, but yeah, D three is awesome. But boy, it's it's there's a lot to learn. Yeah i I picked up a theme. Um, it's called Smart Admin on Rails. I think they have other versions of Smart Admin, but uh, anyway, so it had most of the integration done. I just had to change the data in it basically so that it would show the data mm-hmm. for for the podcast. And yeah, I've been tracking the stats in my own database for the last month about. And so the numbers are not, they're not exactly accurate as far as letting me know what the listenership is at the moment. So most of my numbers have come off of the old system, off of Fireside. Mm-hmm. And I'm just working from where things were there until we, you know, we have a few months worth of numbers here. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, so yeah, but I've been pretty happy with Chart.js. So I'm going to shout out about that. And I think I've talked about most of the stuff I'm working on. So as we kind of get to the point where we're announcing stuff and getting people lined up for the conferences and stuff like that, I will probably be sharing that and or having sponsored ads inserted if we have openings. So anyway, uh, the only other thing I guess I'm going to pick as a tool is G2. So G2, they're mostly focused on software. And so, you know, you can put in like Slack and it'll show you all the Slack competitors. You can put in, anyway, you can put in different tools. And so I've been using it to actually look up potential sponsors, right? So I go put in a company that sponsored us in the past, or if I know a particular company that I'd like to have sponsor, I'll I'll go find the information for their marketing folks, but then I'll pop them into G2 and go reach out to all their competitors. And so anyway, it's pretty cool. If you're looking for software tools, they have uh, like the one that that I have right in front of me right now is uh, continuous delivery software. And a lot of them overlap with like the continuous integration software. But yeah, there's some in here that I'd never seen before. And so I'm looking at them and, you know, going, okay, you know, here, reaching out to them. Hey, you want to come and sponsor the show and get noticed? And anyway, it's it's been pretty awesome. So what I tend to do is I'll I'll take the company name and I'll pop it into Seamless.ai. And I think I picked that on, the pa- on past episodes, but Seamless.ai if you put in the position of the person you're looking for in the company, it'll give you a list of people. And then from there, I have automation that if I tell Seamless.ai that I want to look up that person, it'll actually add them to my CRM so I can reach out to them about sponsorship. But you could do the same thing and then just click their email address and send them an email or go in a Bonjoro or something and, and send them a video. So anyway... It's pretty awesome. So I'm, I'm pretty happy. G2.com. And so we've just talked about D3 and G2. Is there like an A1? Yeah, I put it on my steak. I guess I was going to say steak sauce. Actually, I yeah. don't put it on my steak. I'm a salt and pepper, maybe a little garlic powder guy. Yeah, it's, it's a funny story. So my, my son and my daughter work at a really nice upscale restaurant here mm-hmm. in our area. And, you know, high end. And, and so my wife and I went there for dinner uh, for our anniversary here a few months ago. And 
I got a steak of some type. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I asked the waiter if I could get some A1. <laughs> and he gave me this look because I think I just insulted him. Mm-hmm. somehow by asking for a sauce on a steak if i could get some he goes yeah let me i'll see if i can do it and sneak it by the chefs and so <laughs> i watched and as he came walking out of the back with he literally was hiding it like holding it down by his leg as he walked by the kitchen <laughs> trying to to keep the chef the chef from seeing that he was taking a one <laughs> that's funny <laughs> to me it was it was so funny i remember seeing that it's like oh sorry i didn't mean to insult him i just like it Well, sometimes I'm in the mood for, you know, kind of the flavor that you get from kind of the tangy flavor from the A1 or there are other steak sauces that are a little more savory that I, you know, that I like. But most of the time the steak on its own or maybe with some mushrooms or onions or something on it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, every once in a while it's like, you know, I just want a little bit different. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. No. All right. Well, let's go and wrap it up here. Until next time, folks, Max out. Adios. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.